Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, it's Drags. It's Wednesday, January 8th. Time for episode 332 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and follow us, as always, even in the Patriots offseason, on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS. Episode 332, people, might as well be the hangover edition of Patriots Beat as the season came to a screeching halt Saturday night at Gillette against the Titans in a 20-13 loss in the AFC wildcard round. First time that's happened since January 2010, 10 years ago, and the first time they've been one and done since that uh, shocking divisional round loss to the Jets, Mark Sanchez and company, in January 2011. They've got so many issues beyond just Tom Brady to address this offseason. And now, thanks to the loss, they actually get more time to focus on them. Here to discuss it all is CLNS media colleague Sierra Goodwill, who was there on the press box at Gillette with me and Evan Lazar and Alex Barth on Saturday night. I'll tell you one thing, Sierra. We did not have the technical issues at Gillette Stadium that we did getting this podcast off the ground tonight. <laughs> That's right. Our listeners won't know it because this finished product will be good, but we uh, we made it work. We powered through. Yeah, we always seem to try and do that. The Patriots could not power through on Saturday night. Okay, let's just clean up the, the mess that was Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Give me, let's do it. Yeah, give me your top three reasons why you think they lost Saturday night and are not playing in Kansas City this coming weekend. Well, number one, I think, is the reason that they that they dealt with all season long, and that was being unable to capitalize in the red zone. The red zone struggles. I mean, two times coming up empty in the red area. That uh, time on the goal line where they had three chances, pretty much ran the exact same play three times in a row, uh, burned a timeout. Me and you both thought that they should have tried to sneak it in with Tom Brady at least one time, but they couldn't do it. Settled for three when they needed to have seven. Their red zone struggles were absolutely the difference. Second of all was the defense coming out flat. I mean, this is a team who needs to ride their defense. Their defense is obviously the strongest unit on this team. It had been all season. There was times this season where we might we might have thought it was the best Patriots defense ever, but Derrick Henry ran absolutely all over them, especially in that first half. So the defense sputtered out when it mattered the most, and they absolutely couldn't afford that because the third reason is the lack of offensive weapons, which was of no fault uh, of Tom Brady's or this team at this point in the season. I mean, I think they made an effort in the beginning of the season with Antonio Brown, Demarius Thomas, but they made some wrong decisions, and then they didn't do enough to give Tom Brady some veteran weapons, and that showed 
that showed in the final game of the season when Nikhil Harry wasn't up to speed enough, couldn't complete his route, couldn't be in the right place at the right time. And everything just kind of came to a screeching halt. And it wasn't that as, as shocking as it was that they're one and done. You look at the bigger picture and this wasn't a Super Bowl contending team this year. It certainly was not. And you know what? I think people were willing to give them the Baltimore game when they lost for the first time this year and go, well, look, that was in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson uh, was having an MVP year that at that point of the yep. season, and nobody could stop him. And, you know, again, on the road, a Sunday night, Baltimore's crowd was, you know, jacked up through the sky. Nobody was surprised by that. I think when people started to become really concerned is when they lost to the Houston Texans. That's when I I was like, they looked flat. They looked like they had no ability um, to move up and down the field against the Houston defense. That yes. certainly wasn't their strong suit, the, the Texans' strong suit this year. And, you know, the Texans are moving on because they found a way. Deshaun Watson, like he did that Sunday night game against the Patriots, he made enough plays at the big time to move on to the divisional round uh, against Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but that's when, to me, I started having real concerns about the Patriots it was was the Texans game. Yeah, and it's confusing because you never want to count out the Patriots. History speaks for itself. Tom Brady speaks for himself. But when things start to show themselves over and over again, you have to you have to sort of wonder. But then the Patriots come out and perform the way they did against the Bills, and you think that, oh, okay, this is another uh, Patriots 2018 season where they're going to turn it on when it matters most and make another run for the title. But then they showed their cards again against the Dolphins where all of their weaknesses were displayed in, in a terrible, terrible loss at home, maybe one of the worst of the decade. And then you just you can't deny any longer that this is this team doesn't have a switch that they could flip in the playoffs. They just weren't good enough. You've been obviously covering the team all season long. You've been there Monday through Friday in the locker room. When did you start to sense in the locker room uh, that there was concern and who said what? Honestly, I think that it was a little bit concerning after the whole Antonio Brown situation was kind of over and done with, put to rest. Tom Brady had made a couple comments about the rookie wide receivers and how he didn't have a ton of veteran guys to work with. Then Mohamed Sanu came in. He had a great performance against the Ravens. But after that, Travis, he was a severe disappointment. And you could kind of tell through Brady's in-game demeanor, post-game press, press conferences. Do you remember that press conference after the game in Philadelphia, how somber I do. Yep. Tom Brady was after a win? That doesn't seem like a quarterback who is happy with the situation uh, that he's in at that time. So I think there was instances all throughout this regular season that pointed to this not being uh, kind of at the championship level. I think Tom Brady wasn't happy with it. And then, honestly, I think that the defense kind of got ahead of themselves with the whole boogeyman concept. Of course, they were performing at a insanely high level through through the beginning of the season. But it might have been a little overblown because of the competition they were playing against. And I think that got to their heads a little bit. They got a little cocky. They got a little ahead of themselves. So I think there were instances all season long that pointed to, uh-oh, this might, this might all uh, fall apart in the playoffs. 
Yeah, and I don't mind the whole boogeyman concept. I didn't mind them having the attitude. Uh, I'm not going to, I don't think that was a huge read. The optics didn't look great, but when you're looking right. for causal factors in the Patriots' demise, you know, people pointing to the boogeyman t-shirts, who cares? I mean, who gives a shit? I mean, right, uh, I, right. I, I don't think the Patriot fans are pointing to that and going, you know, that's something that has to be fixed next year. Belichick can't let that happen. I don't even think Belichick really cares one way or another about no. that. But I will tell you, I thought second half of the year, I didn't think the linebackers played great. And I thought teams that started uh, to zone to the outside with their zone run schemes against these Patriot linebackers, they struggled. I mean, many mm-hmm. teams struggle with their linebackers in pass coverage. But what I noticed was when teams started to run away from Danny Shelton and Lawrence Guy, who were having, in my estimation, all pro years uh, in the middle yeah. of the defensive line, when they started running away from them, uh, the Patriots struggled badly in stopping the run. And the same goes for Kyle Van Noy and guys like Jamie Collins, who had a stretch of games where they were also performing at an all-pro level. They were playing extremely, extremely well. And then second half of the season, last third of the season, everyone kind of started to drop off a little bit and maybe attribute that to teams kind of figuring them out, exposing their weaknesses. But there was absolutely a significant drop-off. Speaking with Sierra Goodwill, my terrific colleague at CLNS Media, covering the uh, Patriots as well as the Celtics and Bruins and Red Sox, and she will have more time to do the other three teams now that the Patriots season is over. Okay, so we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, right, Sierra? We do. Yes, we do. But I didn't know this until recently, and it's taken my TV watching game to the next level. You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Over the weekend, I even used ExpressVPN to binge watch Doctor Who on UK Netflix. It was so simple. I fired up the ExpressVPN app, changed my location to the UK, that's England, United Kingdom, refreshed Netflix, Mm -hmm. and that was it. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all of the Netflix libraries you can go through. Love anime? Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service that's like Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN, also compatible with all of your devices, that's phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and much more. So you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen, wherever you are. Now, if you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash beat, B-E-A-T, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, our great show with great guests like Sierra Goodwill. Watch what you want and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash B-E-A-T. Back with Sierra Goodwill. Talking Tom Brady now. It's the biggest fish in the sea for 
issues that in the ocean of issues that the Patriots have going into the 2020 season, uh, of course, Sierra. And I'm going to give you three choices on what you think is going to happen with Tom Brady. Pick one and tell Mm -hmm. me why. He returns to the Patriots next year as Kraft and Belichick and Brady work out a deal for him. He returns, but with another team. That's choice number two. Or number three, he retires. My gut tells me choice number one. I think he returns as a Patriot. I think that he has earned the right for Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, to finally pay him. I understand he had his worst year statistically, but he's earned the right for all he's done for this organization, for the six Super Bowl championships. He has taken pay cuts every single contract throughout his time in this organization. It's going to be a year or two years. I understand he's going to be 43 years old, but he's earned the right for for that for Kraft and Bill to take the chance and pay him almost as res, out of respect for all he's done for them. And I just I don't see him retiring. He said after the game that he says that's highly unlikely. I do think he's going to entertain what other teams have to offer offer him. He absolutely has to. But I do think in the end. Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, that relationship he has with the Kraft organization, with New England, will rank supreme. Mike Sando of The Athletic had a great column where he talked to several executives, and they all had slightly different takes on it uh, from this should be a non-story, he's going to be back for one year, like you say, uh, with the Patriots, and they'll work out the money. It's not that big a deal. See, I don't think it is about the money. I think Tom Brady is going to sit back and watch what the Patriots do to give him better weapons. Because I think to him, he wants, you and me both know, and we saw Tom Brady enough uh, in locker room situations this year, post-game situations, he was not having fun the last half of the year. There's no question about that. No. And I think he wants to go to work and have fun again. It's not just he wants to, you know, winning is fun. Like, you know, Devin McCourty famously said, you know, that's why other guys come here because, yeah, maybe it's hard, but in the end, winning is fun. To me, this was a year where actually the Patriots won. Tom Brady was not having fun. I think it comes down to whether or not the Patriots are committed to really uh, restocking uh, the offense with weapons. Absolutely, and I think – as we've talked about all year long, there was complete negligence at the tight end position by Bill Belichick, by Robert Kraft this season. It's no longer appropriate for your 42-year-old quarterback to be making ends meet with your Matt Lacosses, even your slightly washed-up Ben Watsons, even though he made some big plays throughout the year. The tight end position needs to be addressed as well as wide receiver. You need to get Tom Brady good pass catchers if you want him to return. I completely agree with you. I do think the money has something to do with it, but I absolutely think that Tom Brady needs to see a maximum effort by this organization to give him weapons to be successful. The other assumption you're working on there, and we're both working on it, is that it's Brady's call. I'm not sold that it is Brady's call. There is the working theory, especially after the game on Saturday night, that it's totally Tom Brady's call. I would not be shocked if Bill Belichick said at this point we're going to move on from Tom Brady based on uh, what he observed is precipitous fall off in his production. Um, as we both of us said uh, in our videos 
after the game on Saturday night, immediately after the game, there's one thing between competitive fire, which Tom Brady certainly still has, even at 42, and will probably have it just as much at the age of 43. There's one thing between competitive fire and production. And Belichick, it, uh, bottom line, is a production guy, and I think he saw a precipitous fall off in production and what Tom Brady, even with more weapons around, could consistently give the Patriots. Yeah, one thing Belichick's not is sentimental, and he's not just going to hold on to a depleted Tom Brady because he's an iconic figure, as he said, in New England. There's absolutely no doubt about that. If he senses that Tom Brady is only going to significantly decline next year, there's no way he would just bring him back. But I don't think that this year's stats were a completely accurate representation of the talent level that Tom Brady still possesses because of the lack of pass catchers that were around him. Um, And like you said, Bill Belichick might not want Tom Brady back, and that would be a major factor in this whole scenario. We know what happened with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo debacle, and there are certainly plenty of reports that Bill Belichick kind of wanted to ride Jimmy Garoppolo and was willing to maybe uh, put Tom Brady uh, to rest a couple years ago. So I don't disagree with you that Bill Belichick would be probably the one in, in this threesome that is ready to move on, but it's whether or not who has the most pull. Okay, I'm going to tell you that Tom Brady can still make great plays and great passes uh, during the course of an NFL game, regular season or postseason. To me, the issue is the frequency with which he can execute those passes. The best pass he had the other night, you know where I'm going with this, right? Third and ten. Yep. The Patriots a big play. needed a big play, and he fired an absolute missile to Julian Edelman on the left flat. Yeah. To me, that is an indication that Tom Brady can still get the job done and still yep. has what it takes to perform at a high level. The problem is... Can he do that on a frequent enough basis for the Patriots to justify paying him 30 to $35 million a year? Yeah, and I also think Bill Belichick made a couple comments this year about how he wasn't able to be on the practice field that much this year. And that certainly plays into it as well because chemistry is such a huge thing in football, especially with your quarterback. And when Tom Brady is – pretty much the only quarterback around the league that's missing a ton of off-season workouts, practice becomes that much more imperative to create those relationships, to make sure your chemistry is on point. And when he's not able to participate that much, there's some extra missed time where he could be improving uh, his his rookie weapons that he was so displeased with. Well, the fact that he can't participate so much is a reason why those wide receivers weren't improving at the rate that he wanted to see them improve. What do you think uh, the factor, or what percentage does Giselle and the kids factor in? I think it's probably, if I had to put a number on it, 40 to 45% of the factor going into Tom Brady's decision on whether or not he wants to come back. Yeah, I was going to say 50%. I mean, I think that Giselle and the kids have been so selfless for so long, and Tom Brady has continually said that how they kind of just put their lives on hold during football season and she does all the work while he does all the on-field and 
quote unquote play. Obviously, it's work for him, but she's kind of managing everything at home. And not, never mind all the injuries she worries about. It, it takes a lot of toll on the family. They aren't able to do uh, what they want to do as a family for a huge portion of the year. And I think Tom Brady, as a 42 year old, has a good perspective on it's, maybe it's time to repay to my wife and my kids all that time that I took away from them and and give them a big say in where I go next because they've put their whole their lives on hold for me so many times. But I do think they understand that this is what make, makes Tom Brady happy. And when he's happy, he's the best dad. He's the best husband that he can be. So I think Giselle is pretty understanding. And I think uh, his kids are pretty understanding as well. I mean, I'd, I'd say it's pretty cool to have Tom Brady as your dad. You might not want him to stop playing just yet. So I do think they play a major role, but I do think that ultimately it will be Tom's decision. What do you think the biggest difference is between covering Tom Brady and watching him as a fan? Ooh, that's a good – I think covering Tom Brady, you realize he's mortal. I These fans uh, – hey, look, listen, I grew up in New England. That was me one right. time. And right. you, you think of him as God. It's never his fault. It's, it's never – what Tom Brady could do better. It's how they could make things better for Tom Brady. And while he is the greatest player to ever do it, you have to also, when you're covering him, recognize that, okay, everything is not everyone else's fault. There is times where you have to criticize Tom Brady because he's not what he used to be. He is still elite. He is still one of the best. In the playoffs in crunch time, I still think you want Tom Brady over everyone else, but when you're covering him, you become a little bit more keen to the fact that, okay, this guy's not a immortal figure. You know, he, he can do some wrong. Uh, let me ask you this. He has better weapons, and he got the ball back with, let's see, what was it uh, on Saturday night? He got the ball back with 4.44 to go in the game at the Patriot 11-yard line. He goes, uh you think he drives the ball 60, 65 yards for the go-ahead field goal if he has marginally better talent around him? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. There is no reason you can say that he doesn't. I understand there was flashes in that game where he was incredible. Like you said, that third and 10 to Julian Edelman. That deep ball to Ben Watson that was erased by a Shaq Mason penalty. That was an incredible ball. He has the opportunity, he has the ability, I should say, to make big plays. It's just whether or not his guys can get open. All right, I'll buy that. So um, you are anticipating him back for one more go around for selfish reasons, obviously, Sierra. Uh, so you can watch him yeah. in 2020. You think that's going to happen? I do. I mean, I guess the L.A. Chargers is an enticing situation for him. And I understand LA is a big market. He's a California guy. That's probably a place Giselle would not mind living. So that's a, that's a landing spot that actually would make me the most intrigued as to where he could end up if it's not the Patriots. But if they give them comparable, if he gets a comparable offer from the Patriots, say it's a couple million dollars less, do you really think he's taking the couple million dollars more to change organizations and restart rather than stick with this familiarity? I just don't see it. Well, I think he might if the, the situation he's going to has more weapons. To me, this is going to come down to how much do the Patriots do to build the roster 
to make it more enjoyable for him to come back and make another run to the Super Bowl. To me, that's what it's going to come down to. That and his uh, family situation with Giselle and the kids. Speaking with Sierra Goodwill of CLNSmedia.com, this weekend it's the divisional round of football playoffs. First time without New England since 2009. And it's the national championship between Clemson and LSU next Monday night in New Orleans. It's all heating up, and you can follow all of the action at betonline.ag. It's all about the playoffs and drafts picks this week in the NFL, at least. And betonline.ag is there for you during all of the playoff drama. Up-to-date information, including odds and lines, every spread, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. So before the next kickoff, head on over to Bet Online to receive your 50% welcome bonus. And be sure to use that promo code CLNS50 and take advantage of our great offer today. Bring the game home with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we've beaten Tom Brady to death. There are three free agents that I want to focus in on of the 20 that the Patriots have heading into the offseason, to me, who are crucial, uh, Sierra. And that, those would be Kyle Van Noy, 29, inside linebacker. Then you have Danny Shelton, 27 years of age, nose tackle. We talked about him earlier in the pod, about how great of a year he had on the defensive line, especially as a run stopper. And the third one? is uh, AP second team all pro in left guard Joe Tooney. I th- and he's also yeah. 27. Of those three, which one of them or two of them or all three come back? I think you make Joe Tooney your number one priority here. I think he's become one of the best guards in the league. Uh, I think that he's a feasible guy that you can bring back. I think uh, Kyle Viannoy has gotten a bit ahead of himself here in the last couple weeks of the season before the playoffs, talking about how he wants to cash out in the offseason. That doesn't really align with Bill Belichick and the Patriots' MO, as well as his decline in play in the second half of the season. I don't think the Patriots shell out the kind of money that Kyle Viannoy is looking at. I think he's out the door. Danny Shelton, like you said, I think I would put him at number two right behind Joe Tootie in terms of priority. Like you said, he's emerged as a great run stopper, something that the Patriots uh, kind of showed some weakness in throughout the season, but he was the guy that kind of spearheaded the uh, ability to stop the run. So I think Joe Tooney, you make number one priority, Danny Shelton number two, and I think Kyle Van Noy is out the door. Uh, Sierra, I'm willing to buy that uh, lock, stock, and barrel. I think you hit it right on the head. I think especially if you're going to uh, create a situation where the offense needs to uh, needs an upgrade. You do have to maintain your outstanding players along the offensive line. I totally agree. I think they're going to do what they can to bring Joe Tooney back. Um, Kyle Van Noy, see you later. I mean, he's had a great run here in, in New England, and he, you know, more power to him. He made the millions of dollars that he's going to get coming to him in free agency, but they're not going to spend that money, especially if they need assets to spend on offensive weapons in free agency. Uh, that money yep. is not going to Kyle Van Noy. And it depends on what Danny Shelton is looking for in free agency. What is, I'll tell you what his uh, market value is according to SpotRack. That would be uh, $4.7 million uh, per year. And that okay. would be three years, $14.3 million. That would be right on the bubble of what I think the Patriots are willing to offer him. Right. He's 27. 
or no, excuse me, he's 26, going to be 27. I think they might spend that money on him because they know what they have in him. Uh, unless they're going to uh, see somebody in the draft that they like that can do that kind of job um, for much cheaper, then maybe that's the route they go. Uh, there are a couple of other free agents, veterans, who I want to get your read yeah. on as well. Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater. They're both, obviously, and we know them, they're great, very articulate, but they're incredibly important uh, and have been incredibly important uh, locker room influences. I think both those guys come back. Unless Matthew Slater retires, which I think is the only way he's not back with the Patriots, I think he's right back here. There is no no one that Bill Belichick will rave about more than Matthew Slater. He's obviously such an incredible talent on special teams. But his leadership in the locker room is unmatched. He is the guy that you see in all the Patriots hype videos, leading leading the charge after a win, getting the guys riled up, delivering very insightful, thoughtful speeches, and being so even that way with the media. I mean, after their season-ending loss against the Titans, Treggs, you were talking to Matthew Slater, and just the perspective he get, he gives and the way he's willing to teach the younger players on the team through what I've heard through the locker room he is such an invaluable piece to this organization. I would really strongly uh, be shocked, actually, if he wasn't back with the Patriots unless he retires. And I think the same goes for Devin McCourty. Obviously, he, nine-time captain, 10-year Patriot. He's a guy that is high on the priority list. I might even put him at number two under uh, Joe Tooney. I think Devin McCourty comes back for less money but I don't think uh, that he finds a better scenario for him. And I think he wants to continue to play with his brother. He talks about how special that is, uh, how amazing that bond is, and how that will just – that makes the incentive higher, it just does, for him to stay in New England. He is not playing for $9.5 million. The Patriots are not going to be paying him. Absolutely not. Maybe, maybe half of that. Um, but he's 33. And he's still very fast. And, and he's one of the smartest uh, safeties in football. I agree with you. I think Devin McCourty, they find a way to work it out. I don't think he's going to. I mean, to... he led, the, remember, the first four or five games of the season. He had, what, five interceptions through five games or yep. something like that. He started off the season one of his stronger years yet. So his age hasn't shown a, a big decline in his play. So I think he's still valuable. It's just whether or not he's going to take the hometown discount. He probably right. will. I, right. I, I would uh, tend to concur with you on that. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our great guest and colleague, Sierra Goodwill. Follow her on Twitter, at Sierra Goodwill, all one word. Also want to thank our great sponsors, betonline.ag and, of course, ExpressVPN. For producer Mike Alonji and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, This is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media Podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast, 
or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.